Love this podcast? Support this show through the ACAST supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavour. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. You impressed? (laughs) to the sweet sounds of (laughs) to the sweet sounds of Kevin Bloody Wilson and thanks to you you the listener who has bought a shit stubby holder a t-shirt a Christmas card and basically the fact that uh, we ain't got a sponsor anymore (laughs) thanks for getting behind us and paying (laughs) our production costs it's hump day with Swanee and friends and Swanee we're, we're, we're as the cricket umpire would tap Tap his shoulder. We're one short. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> what do you want? What do you want me to say? You're devastated with that, Samantha. Are we? Are we? Are we nervous? Yeah. We we haven't done a three bloke show for a while. Yeah. Well, I know. Well, last <laughs> last one went a little pear shaped, didn't it? <laughs> it? Certainly did. Brock McLean, former Demons and Blue Star. Hello, Brock. Cheers, boys. Hello. Thanks for having me. It was a great intro, Ralphie. Yeah. No, nah, it actually doesn't get any better. Uh, how many of these type of shows have you heard so far? Zero, mate. Donuts. So <laughs> yeah. you're the very first. Well, you're not missing much, like I said. So, um, yeah. Are you uh, are you a podcast aficionado? No, no, I'm no, not. no, nothing. I've, I, I've never listened to a podcast before. So this will be the first time. I'm more of a bookman myself, Ralphie. So, yeah. well, what's on the shelf at the minute? Uh, what am I reading? I'm reading. Uh, it's like the unofficial Freddie Mercury autobiography. Yeah. Is that right? I just finished Anthony Kiedis's autobiography, which is. So you're more a fact man than a fiction man? Yeah, I can't read fiction. Oh, snap. Got to be facts. Got to be facts. Snap. Swanee, what's your book at the minute? Um, Grug. (laughs) What is that? Just a nice little cartoon book. (laughs) (laughs) And Swanee, tell Brock about how you increased your reading during the year. Well, well, I read subtitles. (laughs) Well, I've got... I'll talk about that. Audio books? Yeah, I'll talk about that in a sec because I've got something about my my plane ride home that... um, I can talk about what yeah. I'm confused about, which I'm not confused about, but just, um, well, once we get into that, I'll I'll discuss it, but yeah. But during the year, what he said, he's decided to up his reading by putting the subtitles, subtitles on Netflix. On? Well, whatever yeah. works for you. Yeah. Well, That's for it. Courses. Well, well, I'll explain it because something happened on the plane. Okay, so the plane is, and, and Brock, so this is the uh, this is the strict format we have on this show. Right. We just talk. So, uh, well, you that's, we just talk, do we? That's what, what do you reckon we do? <laughs> I can play picturing. Yeah. Or people listen to an hour just a, just a blank noise to it, like Talking ASMR or whatever it's called. SH1T. So, 
you've you've had a wedding on, and, and and we always get excited when you when you have anything overseas. And I know it wasn't overseas, man. I was on the Gold Coast. Overseas or interstate, but you're on a plane, and and you you like observing life a bit. Yeah, well, do you want me to go straight to that? I was on the way home. Well, which which order do you want to do? Well, just in chronological, would be fucking how it usually happens. <laughs> well, you know, I don't have to talk about the wedding if you don't want. It's up to you. Who's I, wedding? I, I can go straight to that. Who's wedding? Um, uh, Kevy Proctor played Who at is? Melbourne Storm, and now is Cold Coast Titans, and obviously Lisa, Lisa Proctor now, obviously. Um, yeah, Kev not obviously. Get, well, Kev didn't get married to himself, did he? No, but you said uh, you said well, Lisa Proctor now. Yeah, yeah. Well, but obviously, oh, you don't have to change your surname. No, uh, yeah. Well, yeah, I, I understand the fucked up world we live in. <laughs> a bit of a traditionalist. Oh well, well, we've been together twelve years and not get married, so I would say probably not. <laughs> but, but I love um, your stance. I love the yeah, attitude. But um, are you married? No, mate. I'm still single. No. I can't look after myself. Like <laughs> someone else. That's why I needed someone to look after me because I can't look after myself. Um, no, listen, my wedding was good. Um, it was long. Yeah. About four days. It's <laughs> um, a good crack. We must have loved them that much. We celebrated really hard for them. No, listen, it was good. Um, it's nice to get up on the go. I don't know what the what was the weather like down here. It's all right. Yeah. Weekend was actually pretty nice. Yeah. Was it? Oh, yeah. That'd be so right. I think where were they racing? Right. Yeah. It was, uh, yeah, it was packing them. Packing them. It was magnificent up there. No, it was good. Listen, the wedding was great. Format? In a great spot. What do you mean? Well, was well they it, got was, married and yeah. then we had a party. True, but was it was it a religious? Uh, or nah, just a, nah, a, it wasn't religious. They're, actually, the two of their friends announced them. Like, obviously, they had uh, what do you like the celebrant, 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 whatever they call them, celebrant, celebrant. <laughs> yeah, and then they um, and then two of their friends announced them, husband and wife, and then yeah, just the festivities happened. That was on the Friday, and then they had a recovery on the Saturday, and then another recovery on the Sunday. <laughs> And some had a recovery into the Monday. So but that would have been majority rugby boys. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. So yeah, it was about four, about three of us who played AFL. Me, Dozen, and Dan Connors, I think. Um, yeah, but a lot of the, the Kiwi rugby boys. So they, they put the, they put the AFL boys to shame, don't they? Yeah, they're good. Place. They're yeah. good. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Break careful. You got to talk right in the microphone, yeah. or we well, get abused. Yeah, I remember once on our footy trip, we I think we ran into some some George Illawarra boys in Cancun. And right. they were just nuts. We thought we had a crack, but yeah, <laughs> they just put us to shame. Yeah, so. they, yeah, they, they were good. It was good fun. It was a solid wedding. Um, to, I, and because, um, like I've all, I've figured after, after all my travels, like it's a necessity. You have to have a holiday after your holiday. Yep, hundred percent. Like, yeah, because it's not a holiday life. So I got up. Well, I got up there Thursday night. Did the right thing. Stayed in Thursday night because I didn't want to be fucked for the wedding. Then obviously had Friday, Saturday, Sunday. And then was then ta- always tack on another couple of days. So I tacked on. I got in yesterday, Arbo. So I had two days just to try and get my brain and body back together. And because I was up on the Gold Coast, like I didn't get in the beach or anything. So like one had two days, get in the water a couple of times, eat some food, like, and just get some sun <laughs> and be normal instead of just like <laughs> celebrating a friend's wedding. So um, and the key to do that is by yourself as well. You don't want yeah. sort of you know, your mates tagging on with you as well. Otherwise, you just fall back into the yes. trap and getting back on it again. So I won ma- the dog. I w- yeah. So my missus left Monday morning, which is a shame. She had to go straight to work, which is disappointing. <laughs> by the way, Brock, you don't know where Swanny works from home. Yeah, yeah I okay. work from home. Yep. Um, took a couple of days off, and then me and a mate stayed up there, and obviously his brain wasn't obviously working um, when he because. He asked me, he hadn't booked a flight home. I think it was a Monday night or something. We're out for dinner. And I was like, oh. well, he goes, what flight are you on? I said, oh, yeah, I'm on the um, 11.30 or something 
Virgin went yesterday. And he's like, yeah, no worries. So he went. He obviously booked it. We get to the airport yesterday. He looked. He hadn't booked Virgin. He booked Jetstar. He's like, oh, fuck, righto. Went to Jetstar, booked under the wrong name and booked himself to Avalon. <laughs> <laughs> oh, he's had a man. Yeah. <laughs> yeah so, so he's come in and he's gone, mate. He goes, I'm going to Avalon. I said, fuck <laughs> off. <laughs> and then another flight to go back to Melbourne yeah. from Avalon. Okay, you going? He goes, oh, we'll have to now. He goes, I'm just about to He goes, I'm going to have to get the bus back to Melbourne. <laughs> so, he's, so he's booked himself to Avalon. Fucking <laughs> of all the things, man, especially, and he'd, I'll tell you what, he'd give it a nudge. If anyone give it a nudge up there, he'd just about be in front. Yeah. Um, and yeah, now he's probably just got the, he's probably just arrived back in Melbourne <laughs> from the bus. Um, mate, it was, man, so. Unlucky for him. Um, also set up the f- set up the front of a bus for the first time in my life. What was that like? Very awkward. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, very awkward. I wasn't. I was forced to. My missus. She, we all we got on we because we had the bus was leaving from Coolangatta to go to some like awesome. Ve- it was an amazing venue up in the New South Wales hills or something. Everyone was getting thrown out by the time difference because, mate. 50 metres over there was 1 o'clock and then in Queensland it was 2 o'clock. So that would that would do your head. It'd give well, you sometimes aren't sure that if it's... Weird, that's that's why work. I have a partner. <laughs> <laughs> actually, actually one, of the boy, one of the boys rang me who's from, who was down, who'd come up and he's like, mate, what time's the bus leave? And I was like, I don't, listen, I don't know if it's fucking 1 o'clock or 2 o'clock, but it's 40 minutes from now. <laughs> he goes, I said 2 o'clock, I said, mate, I don't know. But it's 40 minutes from right now. So he goes, so he missed it. So he was... He's single, so he missed it. But <laughs> we were one of the because it was fucking storm, it was steaming hot up there. So we were one of the first to get on the bus. Yep, it was about it was me, Daz, Connors, um, Taylor, and another another couple. And we all sat on, sat on, and Taylor goes, "I get motion sickness on a bus, so I can't sit up the back." I was like, "What?" My, I nearly, my, I nearly fell off my seat, and I wasn't even sitting down. <laughs> I was uh, so we all got up, we all sat up the front, folded in the very first seat, and then all of a sudden I could feel everyone was getting so uncomfortable. They go, "Nah, fuck it, we're, we're leaving you down here." <laughs> so they all went straight up the back. And I was sitting with Taylor, and it was the most awkward experience of my life. Like, and you sitting to, next to your partner. Well, that's all. Yeah, that obviously that goes without saying. But right up the front, you see everyone just walking on. Um, you. It's just not a cool feeling. Or you get feeling. really paranoid about yeah. people behind you, yeah, what they're doing behind your back. Exactly. You hear heaps of laughs and giggles. You can't see anyone. You, you don't want to turn around and say, like, you're missing out on the action. It was a long, mate, it was a half hour bus ride. A fellow went for four hours. <laughs> you do realise you're in your 30s. Pardon? You do realise you're in your 30s. I'm in my mid 30s. I'm nearly past my mid 30s in a couple of months. You're sort of talking like high school sort of stuff. Well, it, it, Every time you get on a big bus that's high school, no matter whether you're yeah. fucking 80, 15. Even if I catch the bus now, I still walk to the very back. Exactly. Right. Yeah. Is, there, is there a back of a tram? <laughs> I assume so. Because they go both ways. Depends which way you go, I guess. So, yeah. Yes. Okay. But it would depend which way you go. Yeah, no. I'll, yeah, fair point. <laughs> Be like a train. <laughs> yeah. I, there's a back of a plane, I know that. <laughs> Um, so, and then the, the wedding was fine. Then I didn't want to be, I didn't want to be embarrassed about sitting up the front of the bus again. So we got an Uber home. <laughs> From where? From the hinterlands to yeah. the Gold Coast. Yeah. Do, uh, How much? That's at you back. Just a little bit. Just a couple hundred or something. Like that. Still, I 
one time in London, caught yeah. an, uh, been at a festival for a couple of days. Walked outside, no taxi, so I thought, bang, I'll get an Uber. I was pretty tired, pretty emotional, been a big couple of days. Yeah. Anyway, got an Uber. No Uber X's, so only Uber Blacks. So, <laughs> jumped in the Super Black, this brand new 7 Series rocks up. Absolutely like off its guts. Brand new, you know, seat massages, seat warmers, um, you know, leather seats, the, the whole work. So I yeah. thought I was an absolute rock star rolling around this thing. Anyway, the trip was about 45 minutes back to the hotel. Got back to the hotel, just jumped straight into bed, didn't even check it, didn't even rate the driver. <laughs> Checked it the next morning. It was $1,067. Like, <laughs> the surge was on like three or four times. <laughs> oh, my so, I hope you used those seat warmers. <laughs> oh, mate. <laughs> Don't worry. It was like flying first class or business class. <laughs> wow. So all I could do was laugh about it the next day, but yeah, that stung a little bit. Oh, my word. It sort of added to the depression a little bit after <laughs> parting for a couple. Days. Ah, my word, it would have. But <laughs> well, sometimes you just that wrap to get home. Oh, you're like, I was just I, get yeah, me home. I couldn't yeah. care. Like I looked I'll at pay the next day and just sort of. Yeah, but then the next day you're like, oh, yeah. okay, that was a bit stiff. It was almost like you know when you leave the races, like Flemington, yeah, and there's a massive line. Yeah, you're happy yeah. just to jump to the front and pay five hundred to a yeah. cab and say, yeah, get me home. Yeah, that yeah, would have yeah. been pre you, uh, David Schwartz, famously. Uh, Bought a bus. I think he bought a bus, yeah. <laughs> what after do you mean? Back in his lunatic putting well, yeah. days, I think he won 140000 yeah. yeah. And the boys were in a bit of a queue, so he just, I think he... He bought a mini bus <laughs> to take him to Crown that was there to pick up a Bucks party. <laughs> the boys he gave him said. five or ten grand. Oh, really it was, <laughs> the, the story was the boys tell that he thought he got the quaddy ten times and it paid seven grand. And it was back in the day where you put the tickets in yeah. the machine and it yes. pops up. So he's put all these tickets in the machine, it's popped up 140. He's like, oh, 20, 20 times. <laughs> so he's like, right, boys run away to crown. <laughs> yeah, um, so we'll back, back to me. So I'm a flight home, right, sitting in sitting in a window seat and I um, I was watching a, a TV, Netflix and I like Ralph saying, I always watch my Netflix now on subtitles now, so it feels okay. like I've read a book. Yeah, right. As okay. well, it makes yeah. me feel smart. a bit more cultured. A yeah, bit it makes more me smarter. Read. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so now, listen, I, I don't know the um, what I'm looking for the fucking um, the rules, I guess, or just um, etiquette. What, yeah, etiquette on. So I'm watching Netflix, and I'm sitting next to a, a kid, and his mum, and listen, I'm shit ass with. Kids' ages, you know, I could say, oh, how old's he? Two years? No, he's 14. Or, you know, something like that. Or, you know, geez, oh, geez he's, big for, he's big for 10. No, no, he's 27. No, like, or, is he walking yet? He's four, Dane. Of course he's walking. I said, well, I'm horrible with the age and size of kids. Like, it's just not my, obviously, I don't have any. I'm not sure. I hope. So, it's, it's not my thing. Sorry to butt in, but I'm, I'm the half brother of that. I'm like that with pregnant women. Because a mate of mine, when he was about nine, we were nineteen twenty, went up, was just talking to a girl at the footy club. When are you expecting? And she, she wasn't. Yeah, yeah. I was just about to say, have you ever made that mistake? I have he, a few times, he, and yeah, it's not great. Cured me for life. They, they, it could be on the in the in the in the hospital about to get yeah. until they say that I'm pregnant. I don't yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, yeah. Sorry. So I'm sitting there. And I was watching. So I, I don't like to watch all my. I don't know what you guys like, but when I'm travelling, I just kind of like to watch just shows that. I have an interest in, but I don't. They're not my favourites because I like to have my favourites at home with a couple of snacks. You can focus. Lights off, yeah. yeah. And so, and I had the subtitles also because the the plane's loud. And the show was randomly. It was called. It's called Magic City. I think it's old. It's just like yeah. a show about Miami in the fifties or something like that. About four sex scenes. 
Like it's a pretty fucking hectic sex scene <laughs> from the sixties, from the fifties. So it was, yeah, there was Bush. Yeah, I was yeah. Yeah, there was Carpenter. Yeah. Yeah. It's called the Merkins about. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but my etiquette is like this kid is staring at my at my screen, <laughs> and like and because the subtitles are on, it's like it's pretty explicit stuff, even for this podcast. But like this bird's. Enjoying herself and, and telling old mate how much she's enjoying it. And, and this kid's fucking glued to the glued to my screen. And I'm like, what do I do here? Do I give the kid the time of the plane ride of his life and just tilt a bit his way and, and let him fucking do his best? Or do I, do his, does his mum look at me going, look at this fucking Devo watching sex scenes? So I didn't know. I felt awkward. So I watched the sex scene with your parents just to know what to do. <laughs> the kid had a grin from ear to ear, though. I'll tell you. I'll tell you what, he learned some new words. I was like, what the fuck's going on? So, and it, I was like, I've done it. It's gone. Then bang, another one straight, like th- three minutes later. I said, they're going to think I'm watching porn. I was, but. <laughs> yeah. Um, porn with subtitles. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, in history. So, I'm. I don't know the etiquette for watching sex scenes on planes. Like, do people fast forward it or do they. Just like tilted to the because I was in the window. I didn't want to because the sun was coming in. Yeah. So I don't know. So that that was my awkward experience on the plane. And if I was in the middle, I would have been fucked. So that's why yeah. people because explain to Brock. Explain to Brock. Well, the people in, well people in who prefer to sit in the middle seat of a plane deserve to be put in jail. Oh, hundred percent. Yeah. Psychopath. Why would you volunteer to sit in the middle? Yeah, it's wrong. Yeah. So my so, most recent time sitting in the middle at a wedding in Barbados about four. Four months ago. Yep. So it was catching a flight from, because uh, we got delayed from New York to Miami. And I got the middle seat and I happened to sit next to one of those really obese Americans who would have weighed at least three or 400 mm. pounds. Right. And it was the most uncomfortable two hours of my whole life. It felt like a long haul flight, like yeah. going from Melbourne to LA, 15 hours. It was the worst. So <laughs> anyone who chooses to sit yeah, in the middle aisle is, yeah, yeah. Did, is did not Did you have that battle about... Taking your own territory and just actually... Yeah, well, he, he when I got on, he sort of sat forward a little bit so yeah. I could squeeze him behind him. But yeah. then he came back onto my shoulder. <laughs> <laughs> so I just took a couple of Valium and, yeah, <laughs> and that was it. But, yeah, it was, the, it was the worst experience on a plane in my whole entire life. Yeah, it fucking sucks. Uh, top three Netflix? Or movies or... Anything? Oh, top three Netflix. What are we doing at the minute? Uh, what am I doing at the moment? Well, well thinking, it wasn't Netflix. It wasn't. I just watched Mister In Between, which is not that? on Netflix. Yeah, it's like that? the Australian version of uh, Ray Donovan. Right. Yeah. How so it's, it's actually pretty, pretty good, pretty funny, uh, pretty violent at times, and the episodes only go for like twenty five minutes. Uh, so you can you can get through it pretty quickly. Good for your attention span. Yeah. Um. I'm. A, I'm. I've been watching Narcos like on and off for yeah. like since it came out. Just yep. if I get home and just want to watch something without having to think. I just put that on because I've seen it so many times. And it's actually taught me to, by reading the subtitles, I actually know a little bit of Spanish yeah. now. Mostly go. the swear words. So there is a bit of method <laughs> yeah, to your exactly, madness, Swanee. Yeah. It's quite educational. Yep. What's the concentration ones for you at the moment? Because you said you'd like watching things. Uh, like, well, Piggy Blinders is finished. That's probably my favourite. Uh, Jack Ryan, that's good. Jack Ryan, that's on. Oh, I've got Amazon. I've got Prime, Disney Plus, Stan, Netflix. I've got, a, I've got everyone. Hulu. Are you a millennial? What? <laughs> what the fuck's a mil- what's a millennial? I don't know. But you, you, so you got all the streaming services. Yeah. yeah. Um, but in the middle of Jack Ryan at the moment, that's pretty good. What's that based on? On Jack Ryan. 
Oh, he like a CIA? Yeah, he's like, he's, like like an anal- he's like an analyst. <laughs> <laughs> he's an analyst um, who gets thrown into the field and it's like, you know, just CIA and just... I think it's based off the movie. Um, I don't even know there was a movie. Uh, Harrison Ford, I think, was Jack Ryan back in the day. Yeah. He did right. like three or four movies back yeah, so in the Yeah, so that's pretty good. It's like, succession? I'm, I'm big on Succession. Yeah, I'll finish that. Um, the Godfather of Harlem. Oh, that's about uh, Bumpy Lucas. Bumpy, Bumpy Johnson. Bumpy Johnson, yeah. yeah, yeah. So I'm, I'm in the middle yeah. of that. Have you caught the Maradona one? No. There's a no. Maradona yeah, one. Yeah, if it's anything you... like, the guy that did it did Senna and Amy, and they're amazing docos. Yeah. So if it's anything like them, it'd be awesome. So, Amy. Amy Winehouse. Oh, Winehouse, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So he goes down to Mexican and coaches a second division side. Uh, and it'd be fair to say... Is it comedy or is it... No, it's a doco. Yeah, no, but is yeah. it... He seemed well, like a man you could laugh at. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and it'd be fair to say, as a tactician, I think he's a really good soccer player. Yeah. <laughs> and, but the the bit I like was when he's uh, they go up the ladder at first. Everything works. Spoiler alert. But the, uh, well, the, oh, fuck! What's the point of me watching it then? I'm not. It's a. It, it has a twist and turns. Okay. But the. Uh, but the opposition crowd, you talk about the subtitles. I didn't understand it, but the subtitles just kick it in about thirty thousand people chanting "Maradona sucks dick." <laughs> <laughs> How do they know that? <laughs> exactly. No. There, there's a crowd that uh, that's losing focus. Hey, uh, so Brock, we don't. Uh, you might have guessed we don't talk much hard footy here, but but like Swanee talked about, and you spoke about, yeah, you know, the, the bite-sized sort of uh, Netflix shows. Yeah. Well. AFL this week has said that they're going to shorten the, the half time from 20 minutes to 15 minutes because they're saying that they, people lose concentration after 20 minutes in the Netflix era and they, they need to keep the audience. What's your thoughts there, Dane? Oh, well, off the top of my head. Well, I'd imagine why they lose viewers because the games are shit. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be the fucking obvious one. <laughs> You watch for the first half and go, this is fucking horrible. What am I doing this for? How come Fox 40 haven't picked you up so far? Well, Dale Thomas just got a gig. Fuck me. Does <laughs> he did? Oh, come on. Channel, <laughs> well, I think he's doing me. I don't know if it's Fox or Channel 9 or whatever he's doing. Or What channel, what time, what channel is the footy on? Seven, Fox. Seven. seven. Um, yeah. Uh, but, well... I'd be. I don't know about you, Brock. When I was playing, mate, I needed every bit of that twenty minutes. No, I, I hate halftime. I yeah. hated it. Yeah, I always used to come out feeling worse. Right, just sit around for twenty minutes, get cool. Yeah, I'd rather just have three minutes, like a quarter yeah, time, quite. and then go again. I'd have. Yeah. I'd have. I'd have needed. I'd have had to have had that in the sub era because I'd have been subbed out five minutes into the second. I need. I needed every second's break that I could get. Um, up fifteen minutes. I don't know. We get more puffed out when you're a bit quicker, Swanny. You forget, mate. That was a very just a one, one, one place plotter. Yeah. Yeah. Melbourne just, Cup runner, yeah, Melbourne yeah. Cup runner. Yeah, could just go at a steady pace for a long time. Well, how long? What? That, especially the 15 minute break. I think would be good for the shit clubs who've got no supporters, because like at the MCG, if there's 30,000, when when I say shit clubs, I don't mean every club's fantastic, but clubs with no supporters. Because go imagine going to Collingwood Essendon or. Anzac Day and trying to get a beer and a pie at half time or at grand final day. You'd come, you come back halfway through the fourth. Yeah. Well, yeah, I can speak to some of those games. I remember playing Fremantle at the G one day <laughs> back in 2008 <laughs> and it looked like it was pissing down rain. It actually looked like no one was there because they were all sitting back yes. under the covers and I think that there was 8,000 <laughs> people there. So for, for days like that, yeah, sure, just hurry up. Just play four continuous Just a sliding scale. So yes. at, they yeah. come in and go, boys, there's 15,000. We're going to have a four-minute halftime break. Yeah. Or Anzac Day, listen, we're going to have a, a proper one because people – and listen, yeah. I don't smoke, but people are going to have a dart or – 
I don't know, catch up with a mate at half time, grab Keep a pie. Quality. Yeah, there was six goals kicked as well, so I think the total game went for about eighty minutes. There's hardly any time on, so he could have just played that continuously. That's affected yeah. you, hasn't it? Perfect. Or just if there's a blowout, have like a fifteen goal rule or ten goal, yeah. ten goal rule, mercy, or mercy, rule. mercy rule. Yeah. Um, or maybe let's just go like the kids and not even keep score anymore. Mm. And everyone just have a participation award. Yeah. Everyone just have a yeah. pat on the can, back. Yeah, the can can award goes to the best player on the ground. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> get a pint of coke at the end of the yeah, game. Nice Mars bar. Yeah. Now what do you think, Ralph? About because you um, fuck off a very, you're notorious yeah. for leaving early. Yeah, it's it's going to do my head in. So I mean, I, I might I might be home before the game starts. Yeah, the way things are going. So it's just yeah, it's, yeah. Well, well, I like the rhythm of things. Twenty minutes is good at halftime, isn't it? Yeah. Well, yeah. I don't mind. I don't know. I can't remember the last time I've been to a game and actually experienced a halftime. <laughs> yeah. Well. It depends if you're in, if you're in the president's. That's not you want it to go a bit longer because it's free piss yeah, and, yeah, part, yeah. and your party pies come out. Yeah, yeah. Party pies and sausage rolls come out at halftime, <laughs> and that's very important. Exactly. And I mean, you get caught up having a beer and you end up missing the third quarter anyway. So, but, uh, I don't know. It's all much. I don't know. They should bother. They should worry about fixing the game first. Well, at our room at the Melbourne Cater Ego D's, we, we can't see that. We can't see the ground from the room. So after half time, the, the the bars open, but you can't see the ground. Well, actually, physically can't see the ground. No, it's, a, it's out the back. It's where the practice wickets are. So you got to walk out there. You know, I haven't seen a lot of second halves. So that's pretty good. That's <laughs> Especially pretty this year, Alfie. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> back to status quo. Be fair to say. Uh, yeah, and then one other bit of footy news. Uh, so did I see Travis Cloaks now the goal kicking coach at Collingwood? Yeah, the, f- the photo was in the paper the other day or something like that. If Travis Clow can get a fucking job as a goal kicking coach at Collingwood, and I can't get a start anywhere, that's absolutely dummy. Well, I I saw at Melbourne. Greg Stafford was the yes. the goal kicking coach. So. I remember Greg Stafford as a player. Was he wasn't the, the greatest? <laughs> kick. Not Matty Lloyd. Was he? He was yeah. a ruckman, wasn't he? <laughs> About six foot twenty. Yeah, I don't. Well, I might no, be wrong, bad. but I don't uh, remember him being a really good. I'm not, good I'm not sure. Many ruckmen are. No, no, I can't no. remember a ruckman off the top of me. It had been a sublime kick for goal, but <laughs> listen that. I think the head particle in the Herald Sun, just the caption was Travis Cloak giving Mason Cox tips, which I guess, I don't know. But sure, Travis has to have another job there. He can't possibly be the lone goal-kicking coach. Man, it can't be. That allow- <laughs> <laughs> mate, fucking please. This is a premiership. Is- maybe he's, maybe he's, he's mar- well, let's just call a spade a spade. <laughs> His goal-kicking wasn't great. <laughs> and he shouldn't be fucking teaching him how to kick. Maybe he's, he should be down there as a forward coach. He's amazing work rate. He's... Contested marking was incredible. So maybe he's, maybe he was actually just teaching them how to like move their body of contested marking. Because maybe, yeah, maybe that was more likely the Herald Sun got the headline wrong. No, that wouldn't know, happen. Not known for their quality <laughs> journalism. <laughs> yeah, that well, um, <laughs> let me tell you. But I don't, no, but I can't get a start anywhere. Obviously, I, I could be a. No, I can't, I can't well, be, strengths and weaknesses. So you're saying weakness. Travis Cloak probably shouldn't be goal kicking coach, but strength. Forward play, for yeah. Forward, yeah. His body he's movement, he's contested marks going around. Yeah, exactly. So, he's he's used to dominate. He's, he's a chance. Treat this podcast like LinkedIn. What, what, what's your what's LinkedIn? <laughs> what's, what? what's your strengths and weaknesses? If you were going to be a coach somewhere, it's along similar lines. If you say that about Travis, what, what Dane Swan's <sighs> strengths would be to coach? Well, not much. The footy trip team. Right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. 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 Morale booster. Yeah. <laughs> yeah well, moral. I reckon, you know, because when 
at a few years we were quite lean. So about you know halfway through the year, we were looking forward to the footy trip yeah. already when you're finishing down the bottom. So I reckon someone like Swanee would yeah. be absolutely perfect for that. Start training for that, you know. Yeah, absolutely. Mate, that's, that's why I've always said, like, when we'll go and shit, like, it's amazing, like, you, you formed this in the middle of the year, but... Mate, a month ago, mate, the boys hit the weight room like you've oh, never mate, seen. Yeah, like, the curls going. Like, what yeah. the fuck's going on, mate? Yeah. We've got four weeks to go. We're going shit house, mate. Oh, jeez, yeah. the boys are working out. They're really keen for the end of the year. Yeah, go, yeah. yeah. The best rigs of all time. Yeah. Yeah. Just want to Mexico. Just want to finish trip. the season off on a good on a good note, coach. Just really just trying to get the best out of ourselves for the next four weeks. Everyone's going. Fuck! Can't wait to get to Mexico. Can't wait to get to Hawaii. Can't yeah. wait to get to Bali. You wouldn't have said that without picturing someone in your head, or or more than one person in your head. What? You would you might be picturing someone in your head of who would be like that at the gym. Well, all of us would like that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there weren't too to many that weren't, mate. Yeah, yeah, exactly. We had some big numbers. I think we had forty to Vegas one year, so we we're all in That's the gym come end of the year. How much has it changed now, eh? Vegas? No, no, just oh, the footy. Pipe. Well, they're not allowed. Yeah, they're anymore. not allowed. I don't think I could play in a world with no footy trips. No, nah, footy trips. I'll give the opposite of when you said about your uh, your, your big Uber costings yeah. and, and how footy's changed. So fifteen years ago, I'd. A night on the drink with you with Melbourne Coterie. Yeah. During the year, they would organise a golf uh, day, an annual golf uh, stay away with the players. It was a, we- a weekend. We'd play on a Friday night and usually yeah. go down on a Saturday. So we'd go up to Godies, Sorrento, or mm. <laughs> somewhere, get a place. And the Coterie and the players would basically watch, have a hit of golf, watch some races, and get plastered. <laughs> right. <laughs> Did you not run back from. Rosebud one night? Yeah, yeah. potentially. Yeah. I've, look, I've done that a few times when I've been in, when I've been in Portsmouth. So, you know, there's, no, there's no taxis. There's no, no Ubers back then. There was one shuttle bus that went from the Portsy pub to the Conti. That's all right. That's so right. if you we're missed at that, you were stuffed. We were at Rosebud, <laughs> and if you drink at Port... Portsy and you ran from Portsy to Rosebud yeah. about two in the well, morning. Well, I think it's profe- yeah. that's just professionalism and it's yeah, finest. Exactly. Just, just went out on piss. Yeah. Exactly. Well, I think, um, I think more Chris- kids should aspire to be like Rob. <laughs> I think Rob Christie had to go and pick Jared Rivers up from a, from a bus stop. Because he actually didn't know where he was. He's like, mate, I'm at some bus stop. I'm opposite a supermarket. I think he was in Rye. Yeah. So Christie had to drive like 15 k's to pick River up. How <laughs> yeah, would that go down? Uh, trying to pitch that to uh, to um, a footy club that you support a group just wants to go out and have a weekend away in the middle of a season getting past with some players. Well, like I, like I was talking about footy trips, it's changed a hell of a lot now, mate. No, it was good, like it was good bonding though. Like yeah, I remember when I first got to the D's, we were in a community camp somewhere, and on the last night, Nita got up in front of the bus, and you know, being a young kid, like David needs to speak. He's like, right, oh, a lot of new players here. We don't really know each other. Into the pub, oh, yeah, we went in yeah. the pub and had a few, and exactly. everyone lets their hair down. They let their yeah. guard down. They become the true selves and they feel comfortable. And yeah. you get to know the players the best by having a beer with them. Yeah, I don't care what people say. That is the best way to to bond with the first-year draftees, the young kids. Because you get out on the weekend, you have a piss-up. And sure enough, someone will do something, stu- not stupid breaking the law or anything, but just like someone will do something funny. And you walk in on the Monday and you've had a connection with them. You're able to yeah. beer with them. You take the piss out of them for being fucking stupid or for saying something stupid or for you know trying to pick up a bird or just doing something yeah. or they got one and you just instantly form a connection with like, the blokes you don't really know. So it's the best, easily the best way to do it. Yeah. I don't care what anyone Monday says. Monday mornings used to revolve around the older players getting the younger blokes in the change. Like, righto, boys, tell us your stories from the <laughs> yeah. weekend. And that's how you bonded and now, with those guys. If you went to a younger guy these days, they'd tell us it would be oh. like, oh, I hung out with my missus. Yeah. have been with for five years. And it's also 13. And it's all secret squirrel. Like now yeah. everyone, just, maybe, it's, I don't know if it's going, been in a footy club a, little, a while, but now it's all just, 
you talk to your own mates. Yeah, well, you, you had to be careful who you told. Secret squirrel. Yeah, you're weekend. just you're whispering in the corner and you're giggling. Someone will come over, one of the leadership group. What are you laughing about? Oh, nothing. Okay, <laughs> like you're, you're too scared to yeah. tell anyone because you don't want to get in trouble. Yeah, well, I can't imagine you would have been talking to Darren Jolly about your weekends, mate. No, not really. No, it was, was a lot. No, <laughs> <laughs> cost me a brownlow. <laughs> You have explained that. Um, so uh, who, who would have been your footy trip coordinators uh, back in the day? Uh, so Paul Whitley used to run a few. Yep. The, the Grand Pooh Bar every year was always was always David Neitz. Yep. Um, we had sort of the monkey committee. It was a really formal process to our footy trips. It was quite <laughs> quite fun. You know, we're talking, you know, sort of four or five hours of a, of a happy hour, you know, and, you know, set rules. I can't go into the rules because what happens on the footy sure. trip stays. Yep. But Weeders was a big... Big organizer. We used to have, you know, the themes every year, and each player would have like a, a name based based on the theme, and, and we always had sort of good numbers for our footy trips, which probably didn't reflect well because we, were, <laughs> we think we had three wooden spoons in a row. <laughs> well, Carlton or Melbourne? Melbourne. Yeah. No, but Carlton or oh. Melbourne. What what was what was better? Oh, sort of. Um, they were both shit, weren't they? Yeah. Well, it was sort of first three years Melbourne finals, and then three shit years first. Two or three years of Carlton finals and then two, right. two sort of what, shit years. Are you Melbourne or Carlton? Well, I always said I'd sit on the fence, but I went to a Carlton-Melbourne game, I think it was last year the year before, I found myself barracking for Carlton. Carlton. Just because I've been there more recently. Yeah. Like, I think there's only one player at Melbourne that I played with, and that's Jonesy. Nathan Jones. Yeah. So yeah. there's sort of no one no one really there, but I'd still like to see him do I went to the Melbourne Coterie dinner yeah. a few weeks ago. So you, so you and, get and the choice of two past players now. Do you go yeah. to both? Uh, well, I've... I don't think I've been at any. At any? Yeah. I've, I've usually been away because I think um, Melbourne do the pa- Melbourne, fucking tell Melbourne, do, Melbourne do the, the pass right? players the Thursday before grand final. Yes. They've usually sort of the time right. I've usually sort of been away. Yeah, so. exactly. Yeah, it's an odd time to do it, Ralph. Sort it out. Well, but usually they're not playing the grand final. Yeah, but like people, it's a fucking busy week for people, Ralph. <laughs> Nothing's for nothing, mate. Unless you're getting an earn ago. But, but they were good footy trips. They were good footy, really good footy trips. At both clubs. Yeah, the right. first footy trip at the D's wasn't so memorable. We got up to the Gold Coast. We got bashed up by a lot of the um, local security guards. Yeah. They weren't really happy with uh, sort of the happy hour process and we started throwing ice. And then mm. one of them got on the mic and called all the bouncers from around the area on Cavill Avenue. And next thing you know, <laughs> 30 bouncers have walked up uh, up the stairs and just, yeah, proceeded to go through. So that wasn't, that wasn't a really good introduction <laughs> to a footy trip. Who, who, who copped it? I think Phil Reid, because Phil Reid was in there trying to take on about five or six of them. But I think Scotty Cummings has described him as an angry sort of... Yeah, a little angry ant, yeah, Phil Reid. Right, yeah. Really lovely fella, but yeah, yeah. get a bit of uh, white line fever and, you know, little guys, little dogs are always usually the angriest <laughs> or the, the, the yappiest. True. <laughs> so, but um, yeah, but, but good footy trips at, at, at both clubs, so... It was always a highlight to um to end the year on. Oh, I'll talk a bit more of your footage later, but uh, we, so we have two segments that we usually don't get to. But yeah. but uh, we started it with the the guy who who we're not allowed to say his name. Who you just well you just said it. What? You just said his name. Yeah, but I didn't say it in the context that we did a show with him. Okay, it's different. But we had two medals, so so two awards. One's the the, the G Train Award. Okay, named after Fraser Gehrig, just yep. outstanding for the past week. Yep. And one's mixed list. Now mixed list is. Once you now, this is the person who we can't name. He said, outside of saving his grandkids from a rapid fire or something, you're on his list and you never get off off his list. Oh, 100. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah. I reckon I'd be on that. 
Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. <laughs> so before we get there, i got some nominations. Before we get to that, so... Uh, I get the impression just as a complete outsider and, and hearing from Swanning and the man whose name we can't say and, and others over the years, the, his ex-players love him at the, the first three clubs that he coached at. Yeah. In your teen years, sometimes when you get dumped, you then go out with someone else just to show the person who dumped you that you're, you're going good. I'd say that probably still happens. Yeah, a lot of that goes on. People are very petty. Yeah. Right, Yeah. <laughs> exactly. So you actually... You're not that enamoured with the person you go out with. Enamoured? You run that by me, that word? <laughs> keen. Let's okay, keen. Yep. yeah. Thanks, just dumb it down for, uh, <laughs> for me and my listeners, mate. Come on. <laughs> but you're just saying, hey, I couldn't be happier with this new chick or bloke. We, we don't discriminate. <laughs> yeah. And, and I'm not that disappointed that you, the glamour, dumped me. Was there any of that about Nick Moldhouse? Oh, just a, just a little bit. <laughs> I think the one, that, the one that sticks out in my mind one day was when I think Scott Penderbury came out <laughs> And said something in the paper about the Collingwood players got, got away with too much under Mick. Right. And Mick must have read it that morning. We got, a, in, we got away with winning a premiership. Yeah, right now. Sorry, yeah, about, so. sorry about yeah, that, Scott. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Got away exactly. with winning a premiership. You can do it anyway. Scott when referred to anyone in particular. Well, I got away with winning a Brownlow, Cobalt, Old Fuel, Shane's, BNFs, and winning a premiership. So, yeah. Pick them up, please, Brock. I think, uh, I, I think, <laughs> that, I think that's why we won a premiership because we enjoyed ourselves. Exactly. Whatever works for you. Like the, the Wayne Carey was big on that. You know, why change your, your routine if it's yeah, working? Exactly. But um, I think we're in a, it was either in a game review or a. Um, an up and coming meeting about the team we were playing. I think the first fifteen minutes was about Scott Pendlebury <laughs> and but what he'd said in the in the uh, in the paper that morning. So yeah, certainly he he doesn't forget anyone that he says he certainly doesn't. No, anything, no, anything bad. He's pretty good it. at holding a grudge. Yeah. Let me tell you, we had our premiership reunion the other. What, what was that? A couple, couple of weeks ago. Yeah, yeah, a couple of weeks ago. Now, yeah. And, he hasn't forgotten. No, no, he hasn't forgotten. No, remember like an elephant, Mick. Yeah, yeah. Oh, he had a great time. Yeah, he's a very good man, Mick. Yep, uh, absolutely. So you guys love him, but and and so how was it when he swept in at Carlton? Uh, obviously, you were there with under Brett Ratton first, and then yeah. was that change? Look, there was at first. I think there was a lot of excitement, you know, because of what we'd seen from you know Mick in the media and his time at Collingwood, his time at West Coast, and you know, there's a massive sort of personality. Um, within within the game, and then I think as as time went on, I just don't think the match was quite right. Yep, you know, um, and you know whether he was there, you know, for the right reasons or not. I mean, only he can sort of tell you that. But um, I think in the end, yeah, it was well and truly 
um, you know, not a good fit a fuck for up. each other. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so a fuck up by the Carlton board, I think. Yeah, they jumped the gun, sacked rats when they shouldn't have, and and just thought Mick was going to be the answer without doing their due diligence, and you know, it all went pear shaped. But and, and I say that with complete respect, just as an outsider, but that he he loved Collingwood and the players so much, yeah, that he was then forced out of it and probably then yeah. gone for the wrong Told us, got up and said he'd never coach again, which we all knew was a lie. <laughs> and I mean, he went down a great, ended up coaching the recruit, I think, which was... Um, <laughs> That's right. Yeah, which was which is amazing. Can't even, might get myself a start on that. Um, yeah, well, I, th- I think he just overrated the list, thought they were on the precipice of finals. And, Carlton? Yeah. No, but what about himself? As far as, do you think he was just so driven? Oh, that he, yeah, oh, I, still a, mate, mate, I reckon if someone offered him a job now, like yes. he'd coach. Just some people fucking are, are, cra- are mad to be a coach and just love it. And he was just a ready-made coach, just loved it. Um, yeah, and would have taken any job, I would imagine, because that's, that's just in his blood. I think he probably still sits at home now and gets antsy about footy and about trying to coach. But um, obviously his day's done. But yeah. I think, and probably half of it was probably like, I'm going to shove it up Collingwood's ass and yeah. prove that I'm the man who deserves, you know, I'm the man who still should be coaching and I'm very good at it and I'm going to prove it. And then Yeah, we'll he, he made a few comments about Eddie a, f- <laughs> a few times, yeah, quite a few times in amongst a few other things. So certainly he was, I think he might have been number one on the grudge list. <laughs> well, he's put that aside, he just doesn't forget. Yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> <laughs> what, did you, what glimpses did you see that made him great? So it didn't work out, but you would have seen things and said, all right, well, that's... Oh, might not I be remember now, there, was, there was one speech in particular. I think we, <laughs> it, was our, it was his first year. We were in Arizona. Yeah. So he's clearly in his element. Then he loved Arizona. Oh, flat, have, Mount Humphrey, what an art. He loved it. Oh, God. Man, <laughs> did you have to walk up Mount Humphrey? We did. Oh, we did. We passed him one day. Is that the one with the music with the ears? Yeah, that was one. Just too ear. quickly yep. told Brock, for our people who missed it last time you said about that. Oh, do we use allowed to wear headphones up the mountain? Uh, oh, no, I don't think so. Yeah. Well, I did. Um, <laughs> and I was willing to cop any punishment that came my yeah. way because there was no way I was walking six hours up that snow without any entertainment. <laughs> and a couple of young boys followed copied me and we got absolutely cane the next day but I had a smile on my face the whole two hours we were getting hammered because it was worth every second yeah well I got cane by Mick because I was already in the States um, when the 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 First year blokes went back to training, and then we we're meeting in Arizona two weeks later. So I just said, "I'm I'm in Vegas. I'll I'll fly and I'll meet you there." And all my planes got delayed, you know, from um from Vegas to Phoenix. So I got uh got to Arizona late. So and he's like, "No, nah, you should have known this. You should have known something like this would have happened." Yep, uh, ten minutes with me after training. So I was like, um. You know, one of the owners, uh, dog owners at the park, just throw, he was just throwing a ball around, <laughs> and I was sort of playing fetch. And it got to the end of my tether, and I was abs- I was fucking filthy on him, so I've absolutely drilled this handball back at him. It's gone through his hands and hit him in the gut. And he's like, right, ten more minutes. <laughs> and you know, being at high altitude yeah. and doing that, and as I said, I'm not the you know an agile bloke or a, or a quick bloke. I was cooked, absolutely cooked. It felt like I'd smoked about sixty darts in the space of five minutes. So I was on all four haunches, so um, yeah, that was my first real taste of sort of... But his speech, you were saying? Oh yeah, he's, he came out with his speech and we were all, you know, the old expression, you're ready to run through a brick wall. We all walked out and were like, wow, that's, you know, sort of fucking amazing. Yeah. You know, I can't remember exactly what it was about, but yeah, it was a real mixed speech. That was his thing, he's a <coughs> great motivator, great yeah. motivator of, of men. Yeah, he 
found a way to get his wound up. Don't worry about that. So because we didn't go found a way to wind you down too yeah. <laughs> yeah. when you fucked up as well. Oh mate, don't worry. Some of the sprays we copped at halftime yeah. and blokes individual. Yeah. I think he told a few players that I hope they'd had something lined up for next year because I'm getting delisted <laughs> at the end of the year. See these poor blokes are going out to run yeah. after half time like fuck. I'm Just didn't want to make eye contact. Con- if, if you had a shit way, you want to have eye contact. Like, don't worry, like, he, he found you though. I remember yeah, doing yeah. one poor effort before half time and he made the quickest beeline for me in the change. <laughs> he clipped me once. He was, I was going through everyone. He's like, fuck. Sorry, what the fuck have you done this first half? You've had 21. Move on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Quickly backfired. Yeah. Well, I think he um, he gave one to Pendles too. So Pendles, what are you, f- like, Pendles, he just goes in a rage and can't f- probably forgets the first half. So what have you fucking done? No, you've had fucking 19. But you've had 11 handballs. Start kicking the fucking ball a bit more. <laughs> <laughs> Mate, find a way just to get anyway. You've had a little, well, fuck it, kick the ball more, would you? <laughs> yeah, so he was, uh, he was good at giving a spray. Well, you said that they got rid of rats too early. So what, yeah. what will what will rats be at, as a coach second time around? Since of course, um, time at uh, at Hawthorne, very successful time, and and also uh, and I don't be anything other than disrespectful here, but also a personal tragedy that perhaps has given him a different perspective on life. And I've heard him personally speak about that. Yeah, look, I think you know um, I re- I've run into him in a couple of times. I think he just seems a more um, sort of rounded coach now when he was at Carlton he was very much footy 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 and a lot of the feedback from the players was like you know the players want to get to know you you know in a off-field sense as well not just about you know sort of footy or you know ask him about what was going on and he still sort of struggled with that it was very awkward sort of when he tried to approach you and, and talk about that and sometimes his communication let him down that was a big reason Alan Richardson sort of came across yep. to help sort of smooth out those sort of communication problems so I've got no doubt that his time at Hawthorne you know Spent working with, you know, one of the best coaches of all time and Alistair Clarkson would have certainly helped. And, you know, having the experience of first time around, got no doubt that, you know, he'll do, he'll be a lot better. He'll be a lot more rounded coach, I think, going in, into St Kilda. Um, so the, the Demons, when you got drafted, you, you were drafted as a, as a high draft pick, yeah. unlike Swanee. So you, you, you come across with expectations. Yeah. What, what was that experience like? So you were pick five. Yeah, I remember... Um, Pick five, went to the Anglers afterwards with all the family and mates. So, you know, gung-ho into the piss from from 11 o'clock. And then I, I got a call from – didn't recognise the number and I answered it and I was sort of half cut. And uh, was, someone was saying that it was, it was David Neitz. And I ended up telling da- – I was like, no, fuck off, mate. It's not David Neitz. And, and I hung up on him and he ended up ringing me back. And he's like, no, it's David Neitz. I was like, oh, shit. So anyway, I had a, I had a massive Saturday night. And then a lot of the other young draftees weren't. I'm um, going to training for another month, but I was down there on the Monday training from from sort of day dot. So um, very daunting experience. Like you know, Neil Danaher was a very you know could give as good a spray as anyone. You know, and revered figures like Nita and and those sorts of guys. So it was obviously very nerve wracking. You walk in, you don't know where to look. You just look at the ground for the first you know sort of two weeks. Did you have that problem, Dave? Uh, well, I wasn't. I didn't roll up the first week. So I was on schoolies, as we know. Um, but <laughs> yeah, well, I just kept my elbow. I just kept my head down and did yeah, did what oh, well, I did did what I was told I was going to say. But I, during the week, I did what I was told. On the weekends, I didn't. But um, yeah, I reckon but, we used to run each other into at one love quite a bit. Yeah, the old, the old Prince, Prince of Wales down. Yeah. there was the best joint to go to on a Saturday night, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. Fuck. we'll spend some money in there. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I remember oh, Chris Tarrant used to. So I used to, I used to, I still have mates with Taz, and Taz was obviously at his peak in 02, 03, 
something like that. Um, and I used to like run running on his coattails. Um, and because like, I played at Collingwood, like Taz go, yeah, he knew, knew the bounces, bounces Collingwood supporter, and I always had to pay. <laughs> and like we wouldn't have to line up, yeah. but like we'd have to straight line. It was massive. He goes, well, you got to pay until you start until you become any good. Running into him about five years ago. <laughs> so what do you think, mate? You stick that up your ass. <laughs> Did I he think, back pay up? Yeah, yeah, I know. Because you go, mate. You He's two grand in back yeah, taxes. Exactly. I said, well, things kind of worked out, didn't they? <laughs> uh, there you go. Who was your coattails uh, early doors? Uh, usually Nita. Yeah. Yeah. I was. He was, you know, always led from the front, the big fellow, when it came to sort of off-field festivities, and I love that about him. <laughs> you know, led from the front on and off the field. So, yeah, I was always, you know, from – from early on, I think first year I was sort of knocking around with him uh, and a little bit. T- talk us more about playing under Neil Danaher. I mean, uh, he's now as revered a figure as there is yeah. in, if not uh, Melbourne or Victoria, than <laughs> the country. Mm. But uh, as you said, early doors, and I've spoken to enough of the boys, he could give a great spot. Yeah, he, he was a magnificent coach. Very passionate man. Very passionate about <laughs> footy and very passionate about the club. Yep. Um, but, you know, sort of... Off the field, you know, I think he used to go to sort of church on Sunday, so yeah. he used to have to be careful really? what he used to speak around him about, you know, in particular girls and, you know, fornication if you weren't sort of married. <laughs> um, but he did, I, I remember my first real spray of a, of a um, or first real taste of a spray from him. We were playing the Bulldogs, it was my first year at Eddie Had, and I ran off when we were playing man on man at a kick in, so which was a big no no, but I had no idea what I'd done. Yeah. So he came off, phone gets handed me. He's like, what the fuck are you doing, Brocky? <laughs> and I, I, had, I generally had no idea what he was talking about. And I went, uh, playing footy? <laughs> he's like, I know you're fucking playing footy, but don't fucking run off while we're playing man-on-man on the fucking kick-out. It's like, yep, noted. <laughs> <laughs> and, and at that time, uh, if I've got my timeline right, at the time he'd reinvented himself as the reverend because as you say, Sonny, in your, yeah. your phrase about the shit clubs, that he realised that he, after he's been by then probably a six or seven year coach, he had to, he had to be the one to promote the club. Yeah, yeah so well, that, he, well, I got there 04 and 03 yeah. was a pretty uh, a pretty awful year and I remember getting my first taste of what the Demon supporters were like. We went to the AGM to get introduced. Oh, right. So I got there a bit early and fuck, were they giving it to Who was the CEO? It was a Ray... Ellis, uh, I reckon. Ray Ellis, yeah. yeah. And they were absolutely giving it to him. I was like, <laughs> fuck. I'd want to get a kick with these guys. <laughs> so that's a problem. You got there early. If you get there late, we've all gone. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but um, but but he he had, he was the, the dual personality smartly. Yep. In the media, he was happy and telling stories and telling jokes. And But behind the scenes, he was yeah. the, the hard-ass coach, wasn't he? Yeah, he was hard-ass. And um, I think one thing that Neil... He had a good relationship with a lot of the um, sort of the older players that had been with him for a while, but I think the one thing that I struggled to sort of you know he I think he wanted to keep that sort of that boundary between players and 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 himself and not get too close. So if it ever t- came time to give give us a spray, he would have no no trouble doing it because you know some people struggle with giving their friends or you know someone they're, they're close with a spray. But yeah, he was he was very good at promoting the club, promoting the game, um, and he was just so passionate about it. How did you see Nathan? Because Nathan Buckley had to go through that phase, didn't he? As not having that that wall between him and blokes that had been teammates with. Yeah, obviously, I think like Brock said, it's a, especially as you come from a player, so you have it you know, clearly have a different relationship with the player than you do with the coach. So um, he had to distance himself from, and not so much me and stuff because he wasn't like well, 
you know, friends, but we weren't as close as like Tarkin, Josh Fraser, you know, Paul Curious, some you know, Presti, Rocco, like all those kind of guys who, you know, were his best mates playing footy. Then he becomes a coach. You clearly have to distance yourself. So, um, and back then is when you really distanced yourself and um, probably found it hard to, to give him sprays. But I think now it's kind of gone back to a 180 where it's all, you know, the empathy and all, you know, love and included and, and mass orgies and stuff. And like, <laughs> footy club, so Bukaki's everywhere and all kinds of things. The yeah. soggy biscuit. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> all kinds of things. Um, have you ever wondered if the demons are cursed? <laughs> cursed? Uh, no, well, I, looked, I looked at who you played with and even uh, knowing all the other stories, your first game, you, you were teammates to Troy Broadbridge. I mean, some of yeah. the things that have happened to the club in that time. Yeah, that was that was awful and very, very surreal. I still remember where I was when we got the text message. I was up in a chook and I was like, shit, this, this just doesn't seem right. I remember having his Bucks party a couple of weeks before and everything was great and he was a really nice and, you know, he was a quiet bloke but really, yep. really lovely guy and um, – you know, that was just awful. And then we went to um, Thailand at the end of the season with Trish and she showed us where, you know, he, she last saw him and then where his body was found. So Sri Lanka, wasn't it? Was it no, no, Thailand. Oh, he was in part yeah. of Thailand. And then we yeah, went okay, up, yeah. so that was in... That was in oh, sorry, a year P- later? PP, right? yeah, at the end of okay. 05. Wow. Yeah. yeah. So, and that was, yeah, that was really horrific, you know, and messed Trish up for a while, which understandably it would. Because I'm... Was it round one against the Bulldogs in the next year? After Essendon against Essendon. Yeah, we but all walk, I, I, we all put walked out. Yeah, the, I think walked out almost like a soccer style. I think we shared a banner maybe and shook hands and we had the the black armband with like the twenty in imprinted in it. So yeah, it was because so he played he played his first game against Essendon, his last game against Essendon. Yes, I think because we played in the final and got beat the year before. Yep. And we as supporters are there in the stands crying. What's it like as a player to have to endure that type of... Like, we, yeah, I think, um, you know, we, we got a lot of the emotion out, you know, prior to that, yep. we, you know, being in his funeral, obviously, and then when it first happened, and um, and then being in PP, you know, and seeing where his body was found and where his last scene. So I think a lot of the emotion had already been right. sort of worn off for us. So I think most of it was sort of excitement and wanting to do... Right by him as much as possible. If if he can in a footy game when when someone dies, it's you know it's an impossible thing. But just about trying to you know uh, you know do it right by him. Yeah, that sort of makes sense. Um, the uh, if someone said the D's weren't going to play for another twelve years in finals after you played the final in, in Perth, you would have said they were nuts. But I, I happened to be there. That was the loudest crowd I've ever heard in my life. That Dockers crowd and. Just as a sense of as a nuffy supporter on this side of the fence, got to sense why home ground advantage is such a real thing. What's your memories of it? Well, I remember we were maybe four goals up, yeah, like, along. like in the in the, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> in the second quarter, and I thought, "Fuck, we're going all right here." And then because we were playing sort of in the midfield, and we were sort of winning it out of the midfield quite easily. So I thought, "Fuck, we're on top of them here. We could win by sort of ten. Bang, here we go, prelim yeah. final." And then second half, um, Aaron Sandler's just stuck. Fucking belting the ball out of the ruck like 20, 30 metres and just had their wingers or their outside players sort of sort of run onto it and then it was, you know, four goals up to four goals down. So And was crowd noise a thing for you out there? Like, oh, I can't really remember okay. sort of yeah. sort of crowd noise. Like because early on it was quite quiet. We were up. Yeah. So that was working well for us. But you know Because even when you well, play in the state, the pies, you've always got a, a good supporter base wherever you play. Yeah. So you only really hear it after a goal and stuff. Like once you're going, when you're going, your brain is so focused on the ball and right. like your players, your teammates' voices, like 
you, you can't hear it. It's just after like when they when there's a goal kicked and you walk about the middle and they're going fucking apeshit. Yeah. That's when you remember it. But or when you're on the bench, yeah, yeah, yeah. walking. Yeah. Yeah. I never used to walk. I used to get fucking hounded. <laughs> but mate, I'd, I'd hear I'd, when in the V, I heard the VFL crowd more because when there's a hundred thousand, when there's sixty thousand, it's all a white noise. But when there's one thousand, you hear that one dickhead who's yeah. the only one yelling, going, "Swan, you're a fuckwit," or "Swan, you got shit done," you know, whatever it was. So. That stood out more for me. So you could be in the middle of the ground, you could hear just one bloke yelling at you. Where when there's sixty thousand, they're all yelling. You can't hear a thing. You're so focused on the ground, on the game. So I copped. I found it more, way more noticeable playing like in even when I played two games at fucking West Meadows. You know, like yeah. no way more noticeable when there's no one there. I still remember getting a couple of like there were awful sledges too. Like this is the thing. Like I'm happy to cop shit. Yeah. If it's a good sledge, yeah. I'm like I give as good as I get. Yeah. So like there were a couple of times I remember being at Carlton and, and someone yelled out or oh, Jordy Gisbert said hi or something like that. And he was the I got the draft pick that Melbourne got for me. They used the uh. Jordy Gisbert's and Jordy Gisbert's was delisted. By this time, or he'd gone to North. I said, "Oh yeah, that's you know that's real nice." And Good one. Someone, yeah, yeah. Someone else yelled out one day, "I'll get a kick, McLean." I turned around and said, "Mate, I've had fucking thirty-three possessions." <laughs> <laughs> so, um, so where, where did it go wrong for the demons from that point? Like, cause, because if if someone thought off the top of their head, "Oh well, these have been bad," but when you got there, as you said, the first, country first finals, three finals, and now I think really, oh six. End of OC, you know, we won the final against St Kilda. Probably should have won that final against Freo. And expectations are really high. And then I think the next year, I think reckon round one and two, we we I think there were about 15, 15 injuries, yep. maybe, and just really you know sort of fucked us for the rest of the year. And then we, when it sort of rains, it pours. You know, we had a couple of games where we were really unlucky to lose. And then dunner has got, um, I think Dan has fell on his own sword. Maybe or, or yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm I'm not exactly sure. And then, yeah, it all went to shit from there. <laughs> I, mean, I can't really put my finger on why. Well, maybe I can because oh seven, Riv, Nath Carroll and I went away. We got in a fight in Greece that made the back page of the Herald Sun. We got locked up in Germany. I think that got announced to the red red carpet of the Brownlow Medal. So I think that's where it all went down. That was sort of the catalyst there. Everything went fucking downhill from there. And that's all pre-social media too. Well, so we were just so unlucky because the fight that we the fight that we very unlucky the fight that we got in in Greece. There was an Aussie guy there and he saw it and I think he rang someone from the Herald Sun maybe. What an asshole! And then when we're in Germany. We got locked up and we're at the cop shop and we're like, oh, yeah, no one's, you know, surely this doesn't get back. And then we we're getting in the back of the car and there was a guy there with his missus at the cop shop reporting his missus handbag stolen. And he's seen us getting into the car and he's looked at us and he's locked eyes. I was like, oh, fuck, this bloke knows who we are. He's like, oh, bro, we're clean, Jared, it's lazy, Carol, yeah. And then I think he rang SEN. Or something like that. <laughs> so we didn't actually know this. So we were in, we were locked up for twenty four hours. We've, you know, we we're going. Oh, yeah, surely no one knows about yeah. this. And then the lawyer who was representing came to me and she said, "Oh, which one's Brock?" I was <laughs> like, "Yeah, that's me." She's like, "Yeah, your dad's been trying to ring you." And I was like, "How the fuck does my dad know that I'm here?" I was like, "Oh, yeah, it's well known yeah. back in Melbourne." <laughs> Got on the phone. He's like, "Yeah, mate, it was announced in the red carpet of the Brownlow." So. <laughs> And most entertaining thing on the red carpet. Yeah, brown yeah, exactly. <laughs> Did you get any Brownlow invites? I got a few, but also, I was always away. As soon as the season was done, yeah. I was bang. Suitcase packed, out yeah. of there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, so uh, the the club's going downhill. Uh, Jimmy was unbelievable present, started getting things going again, but then obviously uh, he he um, 
eventually passed with uh, an unbelievable battle. But what, what's like inside the club when things are going bad? Um, can you do anything about it as an individual? No, sometimes you feel like just, you know, sort of a helpless passenger just watching things go by. And, you know, and, and the, the common misconception is, you know, um, yeah, fans say, oh, why don't you just fucking try or put in? And it's the total opposite. Like, it's not why just, smile just uh, trying. Oh, sometimes you can try too hard. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, sometimes you just need to let the ball, you just need to let it come to you. And yeah. So you go out there and you fucking like this. You go, I'm going to do more training than you. Just end up chasing your tail and you're going backwards. Yeah, yeah. The, hard, yeah, the harder you try, sometimes the, the, the worse yeah. it is. It's counterproductive. So, it's my ethos. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yep. But you know, when Jimmy came in, he just brought a huge breath of fresh air. Yeah. In, um, you know, because I think the, there was a previous president, Paul Gardner. You know, he seemed to be more on holidays, or you know, and he'd come back and his his first speech, he'd always start off with some sort of random number. I was like, you know, five thousand nine hundred forty-three. That's how many steps I took on the Great Wall in China. The trip that I've just got back from. And everyone sat there like, what the fuck's this guy going on about? <laughs> Steins, he got in and he just rolled his sleeves up. He got some really impressive people in. You know, people, big successful business people who knew what they were doing, who were worth an absolute squillion. And one of the best things he introduced was he, uh, there was sort of five players assigned to a board member, and each month we'd go around to their place for dinner. So I had Peter Spargo, yep. who had a $10 million house in Turak, did a $4 million <laughs> renovation, he had a 20 car garage underneath. It was fucking unbelievable. <laughs> so I sort of, you know, hung around him like, fuck playing footy, you know, what do you do for work? <laughs> <laughs> and uh, did you grow up in Aberfeldy or end up? Yeah, I grew up in yeah. Essendon. So sort of there area. would have been a couple of those type of experiences where you go, this is not where I expected to end up <laughs> yeah. in life and our good, our good footy. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Well, the, my first experience of the days was going to the, the the Junction Oval, and I think Robbie Flower made mention that the weights that we had in the weights room were the weights that he used, you know, sort of back in the eighties. <laughs> so I got there and I was like, "Fucking hell, this is an AFL club." <laughs> the sewage system was really bad. You could walk into the club some days, and the carpet was like wet and it stunk. You're like, "What the fuck's going on here?" <laughs> and the the property steward Ronnie would go, "Yeah, yeah, the the, the pipes are back, uh, backlogged." So all the sewage would come up <laughs> through the through the drains in the in the showers and in the bathrooms. There were dead possums in the roof with maggots dropping down. So I was like, "Fucking hell!" I think mm, I want to go back. I think I want to go back to the Calder Cannons. <laughs> I'm still eligible to play in the under 18s <laughs> So you had your whole career at the at the Lexus Centre, Holden Centre. No, nah, no, nah, I'd go. I'd you two years at Vic Park. Oh, did you? Yeah, yeah, a couple of years at Vic Park. When did the Lexus Centre open? Oh, 2004 must have been maybe yeah okay. but um, I, I definitely had a couple of years at Vic Park was there a bit of that in the, in yeah the yeah it was well, Stephen Key got Legionnaires in the spa <laughs> <laughs> it's so, a giveaway yeah, yeah so yeah. yeah no I was falling down so definitely we, yeah we had the and we had the you know the old school um, you know almost like sheds for our sort of meeting room yeah. and then some genius decided it'd be good to do preseason training in fucking Cranbourne. Oh, <laughs> yeah. So down at Casey Fields, I don't know if anyone's ever played out there, it'd be blowing like 140 kilometres out there. So I was like, fuck, I've had enough of this. Only good thing down at Cranbourne is Freeway Ford. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's where Maisel Ford's down there. Uh, but I didn't spend much time at Vic Park because I was shit, so I was sent to Willie. So like, right. and this was like, you just say, they just say, come and do your weights. You'd walk in, no one was around, you wouldn't do your weights, you'd walk out and you'd, Go eat chips and gravy and go play, go train for <laughs> Willie. So you do nothing. And then Mick had, you know, Mickey, you'd be training pre season or something, you know, you'd, and I couldn't kick to anyway, but I'd, you'd chain a couple of kids and go, fuck him off, get off. <laughs> he'd just go, get off, and away you'd go. So, like, half the time, if you had a big weekend, you'd chain a couple, half, half were on purpose, half were kids I couldn't kick, and he'd go, that's it, get off, you're fucking up the drill, and then you'd just walk off, and then I'd go, is he go serious? He goes, yeah, no, he's serious, get off. And that was it, you'd get in your car and go home. 
<laughs> so, man, I, reckon, I, I was there for two point. years. I reckon I spent three hours in the joint. <laughs> Did you deliberately do bad kicks? Yeah, well, <laughs> I say that, but I reckon it was just me kicking them shit out there, yeah, under pressure. But yeah, then you have to go. I had to do. I had to handball the goalpost. I had to kick at the goalpost from the top of the goal square. Man, I had to do all kinds of embarrassing stuff. The boys would be walking in their cars. I'm sitting there with Brad Gosh, just handballing at a goalpost, going, "What the fuck's going on here?" <laughs> no, it wasn't good. Yeah, outstanding. Hey, yeah. Uh, so uh, I've got uh, me joke too. I've got a joke. Yeah, for we're you. not going to finish without. I the always joke. tell a joke right. at the end. But you mentioned Paul Glad, I'm much with Paul. He's a very good man, but yeah. a couple of good people off off field. But there's one, and I need to put him on. Is it mix? It's mixed list. I need to put him. Mike McShane. Do you know Mike? Who? Mike McShane. Don McClarty's partner through McClarty McShane. So Don McClarty no. uh, was yeah. the, was the guy who eventually took, took over, over from Jimmy Steinze, when yeah. Jimmy yeah. Got, got cooked. Very good. and they've. Been right behind the Reach Foundation uh, and and continued the legacy and they every year they do a big Christmas event except okay. for this year. Can I read you a Facebook post of Mike McLean, uh, Mike McShane rather, very very good man Mike. Hi friends, family, colleagues. As you might know, I'm an avid supporter of the Reach Foundation, incredible organisation for young Australians. In previous years, McLean McShane has raised funds for Reach through our annual Christmas lunch. We're having a year off for lunch, but we're still keen to financially contribute to the Reach Foundation. So before the end of 2019, next week. I'm completing, stand by, Reach's Very Uncomfortable Challenge, which means I'll use a machine to simulate the pain of contractions during childbirth. Sorry about that. Yeah. I've been in business for many years now, but my greatest achievements with my wife, Christine, have been our three delightful daughters, Emma, Georgia and Zoe. I was lucky enough to be present at the birth of all three of them, Kept Eve, they're lucky, they're all happy and healthy. I've always been in awe of how Christine endured the pain of childbirth. I know I was no walk in the park for her, to be honest. I feel completely useless at the time. My name challenge now... Is to just do a little snippet of that. Unfriend him. Yeah. That's oh, fucking no. unfriend material. Right yeah, well, there. In this day and age, anyone can have a baby, I guess. What about the people who designed the machine? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we're, we're coming up with a machine for blokes to know. It'd have to be some pissed off woman, wouldn't it? Yeah, you know, sick yeah, of fucking black guy saying, you know, harden up, get over it. Oh, like, yeah. Fucking, yep. You're going to see what it's like. And I'm thinking the other way. Do you reckon women are going to put themselves through the. What we endure for the, through the 10, 20 seconds of conception. Or <laughs> <laughs> getting kicked in the balls. Yeah, I was just about to say that. If someone can simulate the that, there's always, yeah. A, yeah, there's always the, you know, the male versus female thing. Yeah. No, nah, it hurts getting it more. And, and nah, bullshit. Yeah, you see if you yeah, can. Oh, exactly. In the balls. Because after you get kicked in the balls, whoever says, oh, can I please have that happen to me again? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Where women yeah. have more than one child. Yeah. So yeah, they choose to go through it again. Well, women have gone, yeah, I'll have another kid. They'll have epidurals no, now gone. anyway. I'll so get the balls again. <laughs> I think we're building your LinkedIn profile here. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> just before you joke, so oh, okay. uh, what's life for you now? Um, so I'm on the tools at the moment. I just, uh, I'm, I've got a background in finance. I work in the stock market, but... Got How's to a point earlier. How's the stock market going? Hey, it's going all right. It's going all right. A couple yeah. of little winners here and there, which is good. But um, just needed a break from what I was doing. I was just burnt out early this year. So I thought, stuff that. I'll, I'll have a break. Took a couple of months off. Did a bit of traveling. And then I've been on the tools, just scaffolding for the past six months. But I'll get back in the office next year. I'm only asking because you said you were happy to talk about it. So, yeah. uh, and, and mental health is a good Yeah, yeah. So now. I was diagnosed with bipolar in, right. in sort of March. So what does that mean? Uh, it means your mood's all over the place. So you go, you can go from being extremely depressed to extremely manic. There's no sort of, no sort of in between, which sort of is very in, um, indicative of my personality, a very all or nothing person. Yep. So, so I'd go from, you know, extreme sort of mood swings, feeling on top of the world and absolutely manic, can't sit still, ringing everyone in my phone, you know, just going in a hundred mile an hour to just being extremely depressed, can't get out of bed for a week. Wow. So have you had, have you had it for 
since you were playing? Or? Oh, I remember, you know, 17, 18, yep. having all the symptoms that, that, I, that I showed before I got on my meds. Um, and I just, the whole time I just thought to myself, no, nah, you're, you're being a bit dramatic. You're thinking about it too much. Just just yep. get on with it. So yep. got, the, got the diagnosis, took a break from work, on the right meds now, and yep. everything's hunky-dory, which is great. What what um what does um does complete ignorance? But so the the meds just the meds make, so it, the, make it all uh, so they're like it's the sort of a three pronged attack, I guess. It's uh it's a mood stabilizer to yep. sort of help with the mood fluctuations. It's an antipsychotic as well. It's also a sedative as yep. well. So the sedative to ha- to help me sleep because I'm not a very good sleeper. And the antipsychotic is based on a lot of the dreams. I was having some pretty sort of fucked up scary <laughs> dreams. <laughs> so so but it, it's a, a funny story. It can sort of take the piss out of myself a bit. I was having some really bad dreams where all these demons were chasing me and they were sort of eating in me my dreams. I looked quite scary. So it's like, oh these will help you'll have some more, you know, nice dreams. The first night I took it, I had three separate dreams. I got mauled to death by two Siberian tigers. <laughs> the, second dream yeah, I got pu- I, the second dream I got pushed into a pit of um, needles. So I would have contracted AIDS and hepatitis C. The third, the third dream I got raped by a French transvestite. <laughs> so There's a trifecta. I was like, jeez, mate, thanks for that. Thanks for making the dreams a lot more Bring pleasing. back those demons. <laughs> Stop taking them straight away. <laughs> and, but, but even you said, I hope you take the piss out of yourself. That's actually step one, isn't it? The fact that just normalising it. Yeah, fair, yeah well, yeah, I guess normalising it, and I was actually just wrapped because the initial diagnosis was, de- was depression. That was a few years ago, yep. and I still didn't feel quite right. So I walked out. I was like, you know, thank fuck, I've actually got something I can label it with, and now I can just get on with my business, take the right meds, and and, and sort of get on with things. So. Um, and and you said about your Carlton or Melbourne and mainly Carlton, but the uh, I saw you a couple of weeks ago at the Demons Run that they have on uh, Saturday morning for the uh, past players, a couple of Nuffy supporters, uh, Swanee. Mm. Yeah. But uh, what, what's like because Swanee spoke about last week with his premiership reunion. We've got something to always go back to, even if we've got mates, uh, people who aren't necessarily close mates. We always got that that tie. Yeah. So you haven't got that as a as a premiership player, but. Doing things like that must be great about It is. It's great. And it's really important that you make the time and the effort to sort of attend those things and catch up with those blokes. Because if you forget how much fun you have, you can yeah. sort of get around, you tell old <laughs> stories, you know. In particular, a lot of the guys <laughs> who are in that Melbourne Pass Players running group, you know, the older guys like Nita and Balls and, and back Rod when Grin- sort of... Grinders Balls. Back when, back when yeah. footy was, was fun. And yeah. you could have fun off field yeah. and it wasn't taken... So seriously, and you know, people had Nokia's and not sort of camera phones, so you know, you <laughs> yeah. could get away with a lot more back then, yeah. even though we didn't get up to huge amounts of, of mischief. Yeah, you could still have fun with these days. It's almost frowned upon if a player goes out and has a beer, or you know, Jesse Hogan was crucified for having a sort of a dart at a, mm. at a music festival. I'm just like, fuck, I'd hate to sort of play. And everyone's, but, everyone's looking for as soon as you go yeah. out as a public figure, everyone's just staring at you, looking for you yeah. to do some half that they think yeah. they can take a photo and become viral with. Yeah. It's fucked, it's ridiculous. Yeah. Oh, well, everyone stays indoors now. That's why yeah. if you're doing something, like illegal or not, if you just want to have a beer with your mates, you stay in yeah. comfort of your own house yeah. where you got your own friends and you can fucking just be yourself without worrying about someone taking a photo. Mm. 100%. All right, uh, Swanee has a nice tradition to finish with a joke. And uh, thanks yeah. so much for joining us on uh, Hump Day Did with Swanee and friends. Don't why fit, don't pedophiles don't, hang on, hang on, compete in don't, races? Because <laughs> they always come in a little behind. <laughs> <laughs> 
They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more, with Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.